0: It's 12.08, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. We are broadcasting from the 620 WTMJ mobile studio outside of Miller Park. The parking lots opened up about 10 minutes ago. People are pouring in. The grills are going. The tents are up. Baseball's flying around. People are having a lot of fun. First pitch is in a couple of hours. And we are joined by the voice of the Milwaukee Brewers, Mr. Baseball, Bob Euker. Bob, good afternoon.
1: Hey, how are you doing, Jeff?
0: I'm great. Hey, first of all, we, we call you Mr. Baseball. I'm calling you Mr. Right on Time. You nailed it exactly when you were supposed to call in. I'm impressed.
1: Well, I was in line with all these other people, and I couldn't get in. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's good. Hey, hey, Bob, you know, I remember about six months ago, opening day, you and I, we were talking. We were in the Brewers' dugout. Well, I, I think everybody was optimistic. Did you ever think that this team was going to be where it is today?
1: Well, I'll be honest with you. I thought last year we had a shot last year, really. And um, then with what happened here with the additions and, you know, the up-and-down roster moves that were made all year long, I knew we'd be in the area someplace, Jeff. And, I mean, the deals that David Stearns made, I mean, you know what? you know how that is. You're taking a flyer on a lot of guys, and if indeed they perform the way you think they are going to do, but if somebody would ever tell me that they knew what Christian Yelich was going to do this year and Lorenzo Cain, Yolish Seen, who's working today, uh, there's no way that could ever happen. And as I said, with the um, you know the the roster moves, uh, you can you know you send a guy down for ten days and bring him back. You can do that all year long. And not only with the Brewers, but with you know with every club, um, I, I think it keeps your roster stronger. And uh, as you you, you saw what happened here once the rosters expanded. I mean, when mm-hmm. you got 40 guys here and you got to choose and pick every day, and as Craig said, I mean, the game of baseball is changing from my time. I mean, you know, back in, in my day, people were talking about 20-game winners. What a great thing that was. I don't think that's going to be a, a big deal anymore as we move further down the road with the way they use relief pitchers. The way they use closers to start a game, um, and then with the, the the number of strikeouts you have, I I think that indicates um, really that that hitters are looking for a certain pitch, and if they don't get it, they're willing to take a strikeout and move on to the next to the next guy. And I think in in the case of all these clubs that are here, um, even looking over at the Yankees, of course, who are in postseason play. I mean, you got two big guys, in Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton, who who strike out tons of times, but they hit a lot of home runs too. And here, with what Yelich has done this year, um, it, it, it's totally unreal. Mm-hmm.
0: Bob, sometimes you you see teams that just, they're, they're almost like teams of destiny. And it, I was just thinking about the Brewers the last couple weeks. That that last game in St. Louis, the, the guy appears to be scoring the tying run. He rounds third base. He falls down, does a face plant, and is out at home plate. L- last Friday night, I, I was at the game. You have Ryan Braun hits the home run, hits the ball at the, the eighth inning. Right fielder goes back. I, I thought he caught it. The ball hits his heel of his glove, rolls along the padding, and then falls for a home run. I mean, is this a team of destiny?
1: Well, that play made it look like a team of destiny, I'll tell you that. But going back to what you talked about in St. Louis, I, I think that runner would have been out anyway. Aaron okay. the perfect throw. I think it would have been out anyway. But the idea that they beat the Cardinals in St. Louis, and after the Cardinals knocked them out last year, winning that Saturday night game, and Colorado advancing, um, you know that that made it a little a little more special. And then going to Chicago and and beating the Cubs down there, that made things a little lighter too. Um, but overall, when I, when I look at the talent we have on this club, I don't I don't think it's destiny anymore. I mean, these guys. <laughs> look at Mike Mustakas. Oh, yeah. I mean, here's a guy we get him late this season from Kansas City. He's always been one of my favorite players and a and a and a friend. And last night he comes through with a big base hit and wins the game. Um, all of them though: Lorenzo Cain, Yelich. I mean, Jesus Aguilar. He didn't even become a regular till May. Um, so I don't know if destiny's in there or not. I know one thing: they can hit and they can play, and uh, they've they've come a they've come a long way. And uh, I I guarantee you, and you've been around there enough. Where nobody nobody says I. It's always we. Mm-hmm. I don't care who it is. That's the way they operate. The, really a good point,
0: hey Bob. Let, let me. I, I know this is tough. It's different eras and things, but you know, you were of course you know around during the nineteen eighty two team that made the World Series. What 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 sort of comparisons? How does this team compare to that team?
1: Well, talent-wise, you know, I'm I'm talking. If you're talking about the overall picture of those two clubs, they're very similar in this respect. They they hang around together, and that's what that's what took place with that '82 club. I mean, families were together all the time. The players were together all the time. Uh, I'm still fortunate enough to be here, and that's the thing with these guys. Um, the other night with the Cubs and the Rockies playing all of the, all of the players came in here to the ballpark with their families and the kids and everybody running around and watching the game and having something to eat. And, um, that, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, they are a family orientated club. If you would come here, um, each and every day after the game and come down into the area Outside of the clubhouse, which you know where that is,
2: mm-hmm. there
1: are tons of family people there, and I'm talking about wives, kids, relatives. Um, that that's what it is here. I, I again, I go back to what I said a moment ago. There's there's nobody says I. Everything is we, and I think that's mm-hmm. a pretty good indication of what kind of a club you have.
0: Bob, you've you You've broadcast lots and lots of seasons you've you've been with the brewers during the the good times and of course some of those seasons that turned out to be not so good How, what what's it like to call for a winner i i got to assume it's a lot more fun to be doing the broadcast thing when you've got a team that's winning ninety six games as opposed to a team that's losing ninety six games
1: yeah i you know what Jeff? i um i I do every game like like we're a winner i do i i you know i think you have to do other things to keep people listening and and uh i think people do that and if we if we get off key a little bit once in a while i i'll go out and do some other stuff you know i don't, I don't lack more material um <laughs> kind, of, kind of weird stuff comes to my mind all the time i don't know why but um it, it it's, it's more fun when you win i can tell you that but even in a losing effort um, I still have a good time on the broadcast. I think all the guys that I've worked with who have gone on to other jobs and uh <clears throat> excuse me, now with Jeff and Lane Grindle, um, we, we always have a good time. Never making <laughs> fun of players. I don't do that. I never make fun of a player and I don't rip anybody because I know how hard it is to play this game and play it at this level. So when things happen, um I, it's uh he'll tell you he should have caught that ball i don't ever i don't ever get on anybody and as i said when it's when it's um you know getting a little testy i find other things to talk about mm-hmm. whether it be something that happened to me outside of baseball or anything else you know i mean all, all of that stuff fits into a broadcast and again only only if we're kind of having a tough time i don't do it in the course of a good game um i kind of stay with the game and uh i think jeff and lane do the same thing but there's nothing wrong with having a little fun too but i've been here this is my 63rd year overall in the game and 48 here with the crew and i i don't know if i've ever had a bad game i guess you know a couple of surgeries made games bad because i couldn't talk but other than that (laughs) Um. Yeah, I, I. Yeah, I'm doing good.
0: Well, Bob, I, let me before, before I let you go. Let me. I, I've I've had a chance to go to a lot of games this year. I, I was at the in the ballpark yesterday. the The crowd noise, the crowd enthusiasm, <laughs> seems to me to be just just something else. I mean, they, they've turned it up to eleven on the ten scale. I mean, are, are you sensing that too?
1: <gasps> yeah, especially if they close the roof. Uh, <laughs> but but uh. You know, when you got 45,000 fans in here and yesterday with the yellow towels and um, when when they took the field, it started. And I'll tell you what, I give credit to Colorado, too. I mean, they, they've they had a really tough trip. They, they started in Denver. They flew to California. They came to Chicago. And then they came up to Milwaukee. And they're still in this thing. And it'll be another big game here today. But I don't, you know, I... People talk about other towns and how how great the fans are, and Cardinal in in, in the Cardinal Ballpark at Bush Stadium, Fenway Park. I don't care where it is. I, I put our fans up against anybody, and for enthusiasm and for support, um, you know, there there are two point eight plus million fans that have come here this year. And it wasn't always nice. It wasn't always good all year long. But once they got everything. Once they got everything settled in and I know you're you're out here once in a while, so when when things go kind of bad, nothing really happens until August. You know, you get into August, then then you see the clubs that are, are gonna be postseason clubs.
0: All right. Well, Bob, I, I, I know I, I speak for all of Brewers Nation. You said forty eight years. Ho- hopefully hopefully we can get at least another ten or so out of you. How about that? Does <laughs> that sound like a deal? <laughs>
1: if this cop takes the handcuffs off me. I'll, I'll be
0: back <laughs> Okay, well, well I, I, if, if you need some bail money, I think, we, you know, give me a call or something. We'll work it out because we, we need you in the booth for the first pitch. Bob Uecker, Mr. Baseball, the voice of the Milwaukee Brewers, a local and national treasure. Thanks so much for spending some time with me this afternoon. I very much appreciate it. See you,
1: Jeff. I shouldn't have drove on the sidewalk.
0: <laughs> yeah, but uh, okay, You're Bob Euchre You get to drive Wherever you want In Milwaukee <laughs> Thanks Back Bob Take late. care Absolutely That is Mr. Baseball that, I mean come on It's Miller Park If Bob Euchre Wants to drive On the sidewalk I, I'm taking a vote I'm, It's okay with me We're going to take A quick break Back with much more Of the program In just a minute 1220 Jeff Wagner WTMJ <laughs> It's 1223, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. We are broadcasting from the 620 WTMJ mobile studio. We are right in front of Miller Park. The parking lot opened up about 20 minutes ago. The gates open up in just a couple minutes. Um, we're right in the turnaround where all the different shuttles come in and drop off people, and that is starting as well. Look, I, I, I understand this might be not be conventional wisdom, but I'm just going to tell you this. Uh, the parking lots are starting to fill up. People are out tailgating, and you might be saying, "Oh, what, are people crazy? Because of the weather? Well, actually, I, I will tell you, I think in some respects this is a little bit of a nicer day than yesterday. Yesterday was cold, heavy, you know, I mean, it was like 50 degrees, but you had like a 20 or 30 mile an hour wind. Today, I mean, it is damp right now, it does not appear to be raining. But, you know, the temperature, it seems to me, at least being outside, much more moderate, and it's not stopping anybody. So if you have tickets and if you are considering coming out to the game and you're saying, well, maybe I just want to get there right before first pitch or something, oh, come on out, have fun. Lots of people are stopping by. There is no reason at all not to be wandering around Miller Park a little bit. might be a little bit damp, but that should not deter anybody. And as I was saying to Bob... I, I was in at the game yesterday, and I'm telling you, Miller Park was rocking. It was rocking at the start. It was certainly rocking in the 10th inning when uh, the, Mike Moustakas had the, the game-winning hit. Just a lot of fun. This is a special time. Now, I will say this. For people who say that there's no such thing as a bad seat at Miller Park, well, you should have been sitting where I was at least for the first three innings. As the sun was down coming through the panels, you could not see anything at all. But. All right, that took care of itself after about three innings and got to see a lot of the game. It was one of the interesting experiences, though, that you get when you go to these kind of live events. Because the guy who was like two rows in front of me and a few seats over to my right, which would be between me and home plate, and we had very good seats, but the guy... He had the biggest head of anybody I have ever seen in my life. I mean, I'm talking about this major melon head. I mean, if you imagine picking up a giant pumpkin and putting it on a bale of hay, that that was this guy. And, and he, there's nothing you can actually do. You can't go up and say, "Sir, could you take off your head?" But it was like right between me and, and home plate. So the whole game, I'm kind of shifting around. I was getting my exercise looking around him. But I tell you, it is all part of the fun. It was a great time, and of course, a great Brewers result. We're going to be doing some baseball-related topics over the course of the next hour and we're going to touch on some of the stuff that went on in washington i am with you until two o'clock this afternoon greg matzik will be doing a special program and then of course our pregame coverage starts right around 240 first pitch just a little bit after three o'clock we are out here at miller park we're having a great time it's brewers baseball the wagner show all sorts of great stuff back with lots more in just a minute Twelve twenty-six. jeff wagner wtmj 1236, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ, broadcasting live from outside of Miller Park in the 620 WTMJ mobile studio. I will be with you till 2 o'clock this afternoon. People coming in, the gates, uh, just opened up a couple minutes ago. People coming in, and we don't wave at each other anymore when people like wave. We, we just kind of do that, that brewer sign. They kind of give me some love sort of thing. That's, that's what's going on. <clears throat> there you go, ma'am. That's what's going on for today. Absolutely. Big win yesterday. It's a five-game series, and of course... You know, if the Brewers would have let that one slip away after bleeding 2-0 to nothing, you know, going into the ninth inning, I think the dynamic would be completely and totally different. You win today. It doesn't guarantee you that you're going to win the series, but you head off to Colorado. you got to start thinking and feeling good about yourself. And if you win today, you guarantee the absolute worst-case scenario is a Game 5 back in Milwaukee. That's the absolute worst-case scenario. A lot of stuff going on. And we're going to transition into you know more sports-related stuff as we go into the, the next hour of the program, but th- there is other news that is going on uh, today. There was a vote to essentially end debate in the U.S. Senate on the Brett Kavanaugh nomination. The way this works is there there will be a debate. There will be a debate, but there's always a possibility for a filibuster. So today. They voted on whether or not they would limit debate and ultimately have a vote on Kavanaugh. And by a vote of 51 to 49, the vote to limit debate passed. So there will be a vote on Brett Kavanaugh, presumably sometime tomorrow. They allowed for 30 hours of debate. Doesn't mean that there's going to be 30 hours of debate, but my guess is that there probably will be on the Senate floor and then ultimately have a vote. Here is... (coughs) The interesting thing that the vote was fifty-one to forty-nine. Senator Murkowski, who sort of a renegade Republican from Alaska, she. She was someone who lost in the primary. That's kind of her history. She lost in the primary, and then she went back, and she ended up winning as a write-in candidate. So she really has very, very little loyalty to the Republican Party. She actually, much of her support comes from Democrats and independents as opposed to traditional Alaska Republicans. In any event, um, you know she voted no. But Susan Collins, who's been under a lot of pressure, a very moderate Republican senator from Maine, Jeff Flake from Arizona, and one one Democrat, a mansion out of West Virginia, who's up for re-election in November. And, of course, President Trump carried West Virginia by over 20 points back in November of 2016. So all three of those voted in favor of it. Here, here's the way it, it, it shakes down. Assuming Senator Murkowski, who voted no today, doesn't switch her vote, That means that in order for Brett Kavanaugh to be confirmed, that they can lose one more vote. If it's 50-50 and it's a tie, then the vice president casts the deciding vote. So the question is going to be, Jeff Flake has already said he's going to vote yes. Susan Collins is going to announce within the next hour and a half whether she's going to ultimately vote to confirm him or not. She did vote to send the nomination on. So, I mean, I think a lot of people believe that she's going to be a yes vote, but you never know until she firmly commits. Once that happens, that guarantees that you've got 50 votes. And again, in the case of a 50-50 tie, the vice president would vote aye. But again, you don't know exactly what can happen. And this is Washington. And you look at the Kavanaugh nomination several weeks ago. I think a lot of people would have said, this is a done deal. Uh, This is a done deal. He's come through with flying colors, and then you have the allegations of sexual misconduct, which has completely and totally thrown a monkey wrench into this. But I think if you were a betting person... You would say that there are the votes, um, either 51-49 or, or 50-50 with a tie. There are the votes to confirm Judge Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court. Now, I said in the tease that this was going to be the last time we talk about this because I'm pretty sure there's going to be a vote by tomorrow, and I'm on vacation all next week. So I, I assume that by the time I get back a week from Monday, that, you know, actually, Brett Kavanaugh is going to be on the Supreme Court. I guess I could be wrong. Or if he's turned down by the U.S. Senate, there will be somebody else who's been nominated by the president. But my guess is he, he's confirmed. We should know that, again, within the next 24 to 36 hours. I do want to open up the phone lines, though, because I know we have talked about this in great detail. The dynamics of this nomination have I think changed. There's been ebbs and flows over the course of the last several weeks. This has brought a number of issues to the fore. Not just the fact that he is a a conservative and not just the fact that he has the ability, if he's put on the Supreme Court, to be transformative. A majority vote um, for the conservative wing, presumably for the next several decades. This has been a, again, figuratively speaking, a bloody confirmation process. And there's no question that if Judge Kavanaugh is elevated to the Supreme Court, he's elevated at the expense of of his reputation, I, I understand that there's a huge chunk of people out there who consider him to be a, a sexual predator, and he's not going to be able to leave. That's the bottom line. That's the way he's going to be viewed moving forward. So, for one final time, four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. Should Brett Kavanaugh be confirmed to the U.S. Supreme Court, is what you have heard over the course of the last several weeks, is that disqualifying? Are you concerned about his temperament, the way he addressed these allegations, even though the allegations are uncorroborated and unprovable? And that is just the reality of it. Uncorroborated and unprovable Is there enough smoke out there to make you believe that there is fire? Should he be on the Supreme Court, or should President Trump go to whoever Plan B might be? 414-799-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We are back to discuss. If you're on the line, please hold on. 1242, Jeff Wagner, broadcasting live from the 620 WTMJ Mobile Studio. We're right outside of Miller Park. It's 1246, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ, broadcasting live outside of Miller Park. Actually, I, I stand by this. I understand it's overcast, a little bit rainy. I, I think to hang out outside Miller Park, today is a better day than yesterday. It was sunny, but it was cold outside with like a 20 or 30 mile an hour wind. Here, there's almost no wind. It's a little bit damp, but lots of people having a great time. And I will tell you, I was just saying to a couple people here that it's just amazing. You know, I think if the Brewers had not won yesterday... I think maybe everybody would have still been fans, but the, the attitude would be just a little bit different. Here, I think everybody is optimistic that this team's going to win a second game today and go off with a 2-0 lead to Colorado. But lots of optimism. You're, of course, going to hear the first pitch, uh, which is going to be slightly after 3 o'clock this afternoon, 414-799-1620, the discussion and debate about whether or not Brett Kavanaugh should be on the U.S. Supreme Court is winding down. There will be a vote probably sometime tomorrow. How would you vote? Let's start with Adam in Milwaukee. Adam, you're on WTMJ. Yeah,
2: good afternoon. Considering Hi, that the vast majority of this entire subject is based on unsubstantiated allegations from how many decades ago? He has yep. to be confirmed. This is can this is destroying the, the stability of our government in the law in the, the foundation of our government. Uh, guilty until proven innocent that the way it's supposed to be I just think well of course easy.
0: I mean, I understand that of course keep in mind I me mean, innocent until proven guilty that's that's for a court of law you know we're 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 not in a court of law, we're in the right. advise and consent role of the u s Senate, so nobody's talking about throwing him in in prison Th- does that make a difference i mean is 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 an allegation like this serious enough to say, okay, well maybe maybe he's not the right guy.
1: Philosophically, no. I, I mean, it's
2: just just so destabilizing. And that's Mm -hmm. linked to Trump and it's linked to anything that Vic Kavanaugh is going to vote on in the future. I mean, it's just like terribly destabilizing. And all these protests without, you know, without the police coming in saying you can't protest in a restaurant and all this stuff. It's like they're not doing anything about it
0: yeah no thanks for call out But there 's no question that the, the, the whole dialogue has been changed about this and I, mean, I said this a couple of weeks ago, and I, I still you know get get some people who disagree with me and i I, I respect that now I, I think at some point in time you have i don't know what if anything happened 35 or 36 years ago I, I i don't but i i don't think you can derail somebody forget forget the politics conservative liberal doesn't matter i don't think you can derail someone's career male or female um for unsupported, uncorroborated allegations from decades ago. I I just don't think that that is a fundamentally fair thing to to do. And I understand that there were a lot of people who were saying, okay, we need an FBI investigation. Well, now we've had an FBI investigation, and surprise follows surprise, it hasn't turned up anything because there's, there's nothing to turn up. Simply because of the passage of of time, there's no witnesses that can corroborate the allegations. And I, I again, I don't know if it happened or or not. I, I have always said that typically when you have allegations like this, there appears to be a pattern in practice. You know, Bill Cosby. It's not one woman or two women. It's a whole slew, it's 50 or 60, who describe that, that pattern and practice. Uh, Harvey Weinstein, the same sort of thing. But even in those cases, you had, you had events that were recent, and they were able to be confirmed. Th- this case, it, it's not confirmable. It's unprovable, and it's uncorroborated. And based on that, I, I just don't think you can say... Gee, you know, somebody can come forward and said they did something that admittedly would be incredibly terrible at the age of 17. But we, we have no evidence at all that that happened outside the accuser's kind of vague statement. Not vague to the point that, yes, she identified him, but vague as to all the other details surrounding it. I just I don't think if you have somebody that's otherwise qualified, you can say, no, we're, we're not going to advance you. John and Racine, John, you're on WTMJ.
3: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Hi, John. What do you think?
3: You know, the American Bar Association, the National Council of Churches, uh, plenty of people have already said that even aside from uh, the allegations, his conduct has proven in uh, in the hearing that he does not have a, a place and a position on the highest court in the nation. But uh, even aside from that, I think that we're never honestly going to know the truth of what happened back then. And I think the main reason behind that is because the FBI investigation, which you can't even call that, it, that, that was almost as much of a joke or a sham as this nomination hearing has been, because over 40 people had came forward uh, saying that they had credible information regarding to that. FBI didn't call him back. FBI didn't even investigate his drinking. They only investigated the very, very narrow scope that they knew would bring forward no new information. So anybody that's sitting there saying well they investigated it and they didn't find anything, you're not going to find anything if you're not looking for it if you're not calling witnesses back if they didn't even interview his uh, his freshman uh, college roommate I mean they weren't looking to find well, well, anything they, well,
0: they, they well they were, they were fo- but they were focusing on the allegations of, of sexual assault. They, they, they weren't focusing on concerns that the guy had some beers when he was in college. I mean, is that now going to be disqualifying?
3: No, I think that that's directly relevant to the, the incident in question, and I think that their there very, very narrow, limited scope of the investigation, which was directed by the White House, ensured that we will never find the truth. But I think that's the precedent this White House has set, is making sure the American people don't learn the truth about, well, just about everything. All we hear is lies out of the White House. So
0: Okay, thanks so, that's for the call, John. No, and and here is, I guess, this is to me the, the issue, because you, you can't separate... Brett Kavanaugh's fitness to be on the Supreme Court, from the fact that you have people out there, and John's one of them, and that, that's fine, who just absolutely and totally hate the President of the United States and hate, and I don't think that's too strong a word to use, you know, hate anything that he wants to do and hate any direction that he wants to move the country in. And so we throw off all these rules. So that we throw out the concerns, and the whole idea is here, you know, we, we, we've got to destroy And now what we're going to do is we're change these different standards. Well, come on, John. I mean, you're you're talking about how it's nothing but lies. I'm
3: glad about his trade deal. Uh, I'm glad that we've made progress with Canada and Mexico, and I can acknowledge that. The president has done good things. I don't hate him for his policies, even though we disagree on policy. I dislike him because of his his personality, his lack of uh, respect and dignity, and to the low levels that he has made this nation think and all he's what? done is divide our nation and and that's why I don't like him it's not because okay, policy okay.
0: Well, well uh, no, I appreciate it, John, but that, that's the same point. Thanks for the call. I mean, here's the bottom line of all this, though, that that's, that is what informs, I think, the views of appointments. Okay, so Brett Kavanaugh, you know, he, he can't be suitable because he's a Trump guy. My, look, I just, here's where I'm very concerned about, where we ha- are moving forward in this country, and, and that is, have we forever changed the dialogue? Last, uh, earlier this week, I guess, I was talking to the, the woman who is the White House Director of Strategic communications. And, and, and she was very aggressively defending Brett Kavanaugh. My concern all along has been who, who who is going to agree to accept appointments nowadays, especially from the conservative side, if this, is, if this is the standard? You know, you live a life that's pretty much exemplary. You're, you're held in high esteem. You're you know, teaching classes at Harvard Law School. You're respected. You've been on the bench uh, out of the D.C. Court of Appeals for 13 years. Nobody has ever suggested that you are unsuitable for the position. You're writing all these articles, and all of a sudden, because you aspire to this higher office, and you're tabbed by the president. Now, all right, allegations from decades ago that you're a sexual predator that are out there and, oh, he had too many beers when he was in college and this and that and the other thing. I mean, really, who in their right mind wants to go through this kind of proctological examination and, and is it really relevant to determine whether you can be a judge or not, whether, all right, you wrote some inappropriate things in a high school yearbook. I went back the other day and I pulled out my high school yearbooks from Nicolay High School. I, I I don't understand three quarters. I don't remember or understand three quarters of the references and things that people wrote back then. But you know what? We, we were we were in high school, and you'd hate to think that that's going to be something that now everybody's going to pull the high school yearbooks, and they're going to look at what you said to determine whether you might be suited for higher office or something. We're in just really, really dangerous territory. Again, I don't know what the fallout is going to be from the whole Brett Kavanaugh thing. I predict that he's going to be confirmed. The people that don't like president trump we're going to see this as a, a stunning a stunning blow to women's rights and an ignorance of the and ignoring the the me too movement and the people that support president trump are, are going to say fine we, we it's time that we've gotten this done again to me the bigger concern is where are we on the overall process and what have we done to that process moving forward it's twelve fifty six. 56 this is jeff wagner wtmj <laughs> It's 108, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. We are broadcasting live from outside Miller Park in the 620 WTMJ mobile studio. I'm here for one more hour before we turn it over to Greg Matzik for about 30 minutes, then Brewers pregame, game two of the National League Division Series between Central Division champion Milwaukee Brewers and the Colorado Rockies. If you're walking by, we're, we're giving everybody, the Brewers, like, show us some love, make, make it rain sign. And. Please participate in that because my best friend is with me and he's getting he gets bummed out when people don't do the sign back. So we're having a lot of fun out here. Brewers looking for game two. Let me give you a piece of trivia. This is something to, to lay on your friends because I believe that the foundation for what is going on today, all these people, the 45 plus thousand people, they're going to be cheering the Brewers on today at Miller Park, The foundation for this was laid 23 years ago tomorrow, 23 years ago tomorrow, October 6th of 1995 is the day and the night that laid the foundation for what we are all doing here. And you might say to me, Jeff, wait a second, what, October 6th, 1995, what are you talking about? October 6th, 1995, 23 years ago, tomorrow was the night, the day that stretched into a night of the famous vote in the state Senate, whereby the narrowest of margins, the state Senate approved the financing package which led to building Miller Park. Now, if you weren't, if you were around at that time, around Milwaukee, you remember how, cont- in Wisconsin, you remember how contested that was. Ultimately, what happened, after lots of back and forth, is George Petak, one of the true profiles in courage. George Petak, who was a Republican state senator from the Racine area, who had indicated that, no, he was originally going to vote no, because a number of his constituents didn't support the, the you know, .01% sales tax, But recognizing that if he didn't change his vote, this was not going to get done. George Petock, October 6th of 1995, switched his vote in the wee hours. And as a result, the Miller Park financing package went through. That was 23 years ago tomorrow. But you can't underscore the significance of that because here is the reality. If Miller Park doesn't get built and we still have... County Stadium, God bless County Stadium. A lot of us have fond memories of County Stadium, but the truth of the matter is, County Stadium had outlived its functionality back in the 90s. And there is no question in my mind that if you don't build Miller Park, the Brewers are not in Milwaukee today. Mark Atanasio doesn't come in and doesn't make the investments he's made, and you don't have Major League Baseball in Milwaukee if it wasn't for what happened 23 years ago. Now is that for a piece of trivia? Alright, but, but here is the larger question. I vividly remember, see, I was doing this job um, on a part-time basis back back then, and I vividly remember how people felt so strongly about this, and a very, very split community, very, very split community. Oh, this is terrible. It's, you know, welfare for millionaire ballplayers and multi-millionaire owners, and it's not a good expenditure of public resources and all that type of stuff. Well, like I say, if it wasn't for that vote, you don't have what's going on today. I also understand and realize that there's still, to this day, there's people who don't think that Miller Park was a good investment, don't think it was worth it, don't care if Major League Baseball left, and believe me, I don't think there's any question. Major League Baseball would not be here if it were not for this big stadium that's, oh, uh, about 50 yards to the right of where I'm standing right now. So let's tee this up. 414-799-1620, that is the acunate mortgage talk and text line. 23 years ago, tomorrow, you had the decisive vote that was cast in the state Senate to approve the building of Miller Park. Construction started in 1996. Miller Park, of course, opened up in 2001. If you don't have Miller Park, my my premise is you don't have the Milwaukee Brewers in 2018. So let's take a look back. Miller Park, was it worth it? Has it delivered on all the expectations? Or I don't know, there's no question that if you live in the five county region, you know, you've been paying a little bit of a sales tax to help support the building of it. That sales tax should be retired in the next year or two, hopefully. But four one four seven nine nine one six twenty, that's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Was it a good investment? Did we do the right thing in nineteen ninety five and in nineteen ninety six? What do you think? Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. My take, of course, it's no surprise. Is, is you bet? I think it's worked out better than anybody could have anticipated through a wide variety of reasons. But let's discuss four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. Twenty three years ago tomorrow, would this community have been better off if George Petak had decided not to change his vote and not support Miller Park? Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. If you're on the line, please hold on. One fourteen. Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. It's 117. Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. We're broadcasting outside of Miller Park. Game two of the National League Division Series between the Brewers and the Colorado Rockies kicks off. Well, about an hour and 40 minutes from here, watching people come in. Everybody is in an absolutely great mood. I was just looking. They just dropped off from one of the area bars. They just dropped off people. I swear, I don't know how many people they had in that particular bus. They just kept coming out and coming out. It was like when all the guys get, all the clowns get out of the car at the Shrine Circus and stuff. It's just amazing. People are excited. We're having a great time. But I, I wanted to, I wanted to take you back in time. 23 years ago tomorrow was a very, very decisive event in the building of Miller Park because that was the day that the state Senate voted by one vote to go ahead with the five-county sales tax and build Miller Park. If George P. doesn't change his vote 23 years ago tomorrow, this isn't happening. There's not 45,000 people coming in. There's not the chorizo is out in front of us now. There's not the chorizo. There's not baseball in Milwaukee. And so the question is, Has it been worth it? Let's start with Rachel in West Dallas. Rachel, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon.
2: Good afternoon. So, I personally think think that it is an absolute wonderful, wonderful, wonderful addition to the city of Milwaukee. I think that baseball is such a wonderful, huge part of um, Wisconsin tradition that without it, I agree with you 100%, we would not have brewers here, and that would be a crying shame. And, like when I was telling your screener, I personally try to take advantage of as many of those five-county discount games as possible, where you're basically getting really amazing seats for half price. Um, Mm -hmm. And I try to do at least two of those a year. And I had 23 people last year come with me to celebrate my 40th birthday party um, at this you know, at one of the five-county discount days, and we were in the best seats that I have ever been in, and we were right in the action, and it was an amazing right. game, and I take full advantage of every single one of those opportunities that I can.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting, Rachel, because I, I understand the argument that, hey, you 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 know, you have – did you pick winners and losers? And should you use tax money to build different types of facilities? And and I get it, and I'm mm-hmm. sensitive to that. But you look at all the stuff that's going on, and I mean, I'm just I'm, I'm looking at these full parking lots and people walking by. This this would have been essentially a vacant. Area, You know, maybe there'd be an office building on it or something, but the truth of the matter is, aren't we so much better off that we've got Miller Park and we've got 45,000 fans coming out to support the Brewers? And isn't it great that you've got the Brewers? Yeah. And we, we, yeah. Now, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. In addition to that... You you do have the, the spinoffs. You have you have the merchandise. I'm again. I, I I'm sitting here watching bar after bar after bar and restaurant that runs these buses to drop fans to the game. Well, okay. Those the folks that are coming to the game. They were at the bars. They were at the restaurants. They were spending their money, and, and now they're being dropped off to attend the games. I mean, that's the collateral spillover that, that goes on from having these different types of things that are occurring. So if we don't have Miller Park, we don't have anything like that going on right now. Wasn't it a worthwhile investment? Four one four seven nine is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, and that was a decision that was made, uh, again, 23 years ago. Tomorrow, Eric in Burlington. Eric, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon.
2: Good afternoon. Um, First, let's let's go Brewers today, right? Amen. But absolutely, best. I mean, excellent investment. Um, I was like I was on the screener. some of my first memories with my dad and my late grandfather were Brewers games, and you know, being able to do that as a kid, and to think that they would leave. My first dates with my now wife were at Brewers games, and now we're bringing our children to these Brewer games with my father who's now their grandfather and passing it on and then also as far as like the community and giving back I'm a vet myself and hopefully they continue it but during the regular season the Brewers they give back to the veterans they give free tickets on Sundays to all these veterans right. so that's the whole community chipping in to thank the vets also through the major leagues and I mean why would we want to lose anything like that and risk it ever yeah. so great investment go Brewers no thanks
0: yeah go Brewers thanks for calling Eric. and see and, and that's this has worked out, I think, like, like people hoped it was going to, to work out. I mean, I want to give a lot of credit to Mark Atanasio and, and the Brewers' ownership group that came in, and, and they made the investments. They've been willing to spend the money to produce a, a winner of a team. And the community has certainly embraced this team, and they've embraced them through good seasons and, and bad seasons, but it's a lot more fun to have a, a good type of season. But you, you just just think what would have happened if we did not have Miller Park. Now, maybe you don't think the Brewers were going to leave. Well, the Brewers were going to leave. That is just the the reality of this. You know, you couldn't continue to play in County Stadium. That just wasn't going to work. And if the Brewers would have waited and you hadn't made the commitment to have the roof, I mean, my, my goodness, you look at the roof that we have here, you know, think about what goes on in Detroit and in Minnesota and in Cleveland and some of these other places where they don't have the roof. Here you know that there's going to be a game. And candidly, I think think if we hadn't have done miller park when we did the cost of of the retractable roof would have gotten so prohibitively expensive i'm not sure they would have been able to do it but boy 414-799-1620 let's talk to dave and grafton dave you're on wtmj good afternoon
2: hi jeff i agree with you i'd love seeing the brewers there i've been to many games uh this season um the athletes really do represent the community well but i disagree when you talk about the collateral benefits, I don't think any of those buses from the restaurants or bars or strip clubs that you saw. Um, drop <laughs> yes right, stands, yeah. um, they're not from Wazaki County. They're not from Washington County. Um, I would have liked to have seen the whole state share in the burden like they did with the uh, new Bucks arena rather than. The five county area, and uh, except
0: Dave, I mean I appreciate that, but my guess is that a lot of people that are getting dropped off by these buses are from ozaki County and Washington County and Racine County and Waukesha County and maybe other places as well. So I mean it is. I don't think it's just people from the immediate area who are coming to the games.
2: Well, absolutely not. I, and but there is no collateral fallout for businesses in Ozaki or Washington County. People aren't staying in hotels mm-hmm. in West Bend to go see a Brewer game. They're not eating in a restaurant in West Bend to go see a Brewer game. Um, yeah. And my, my last comment, I know George was a friend of yours, but, uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, these representatives are supposed to represent their constituents and he did not. Mm-hmm. And it was clear that his constituents did not want this. And uh, he had to pay the price
0: personally no. for it. No, no Dave, you are right. Thanks for, and you are right. He, he clearly did, and and that's why I kind of describe it as a profile and courage because I, I think he decided he recognized what it was going to do for his political career, but he believed that this was the right thing to do, ultimately for his constituents in specific and for the state in general. And so, and and I look at, and and again, I mean, I I know that there's a lot of people that are coming to this game today that are thrilled that, that are from Racine and that have been supporting this team in various ways that are from that area. And, and, yes, maybe there wasn't a direct benefit to Racine Hotels, for example, but in this particular case, I, I think overall you look at the benefit to the region and you look at the benefit to the state, and, and that makes it all worth it. Dennis in Muskego. Dennis, you're on WTMJ.
2: Okay. I you know, I agree with everything you said about it, and George P. Tacky, Doug, good thing and the right thing uh changing his vote to keep the brewers here if it wasn't for him who would be we wouldn't be where we are watching the brewers and uh they they really did a good super thing and i agree with everything you say and we got baseball back in milwaukee where it should stay for the next 15 to 20 years
0: well thanks thanks for calling Dennis Actually I hope it stays in in Milwaukee for the next fifty years i mean I, I think that's that 's kind of the case now i don 't know that i 'm going to be around to watch it in fifty years but i but I hope for everybody it 's going to be around here and And the reality is it it wasn 't I understand some people thought oh okay, the brewers aren 't going to move. And, again, I, I know enough about the stuff that was going on behind the scenes that the reality is the Brewers were going to move. You, you couldn't continue to play in County Stadium. And the, the question was, were you going to make this commitment? We did. And it has worked out, I think, beyond everybody's dreams. Now, you know, I, we're going to be having this conversation about uh, the Bucks Arena at some point in time. You can make a lot of the same arguments about that. And I, I don't know. The jury, to me, is out on that. I supported it because I hope it's going to lead to a lot of development in that area downtown, um, we'll see. We'll be able to assess it 10 or 15 years from now. But I tell you, if you look back on Miller Park, to me, it is a complete and total win. 126, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. It's 1236, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. We have a tradition on this program that for the last segment of the Friday shows, we put aside a lot of the heavy lifting. We stopped talking about the craziness that is going on in Washington, D.C. We stop talking about the elections, and we have a little bit of fun. I call the segment Pop Culture Corner, and we, we talk about sometimes movies, sometimes books, sometimes TV, sometimes sports, I would just sometimes vacation spots, just whatever tickles my fancy on, on a given week. And, of course, today the big news, all week the big news has been the Milwaukee Brewers, their nine-game winning streak, all the excitement about playoff baseball. And I thought I – It would be appropriate to do a a semi-related sort of uh, pop culture corner. During our last segment, we were talking about again the, the Miller Park, the decision to build Miller Park, and, and is it the worthwhile decision? And was it right? And my argument is, yeah, it, it, it of course was. But we had one of our callers who said, "Well, Jeff, I just I think the whole state should have paid for it because I don't think that there was a lot of spillover." And I was saying, "Well, you know, but what about all the the bars and the restaurants? I mean, I'm just looking at you know one." One van after another, one bus after another, discharging people from area from area bars. And the caller made the point that, well, yeah, but that doesn't help the, the bars in West Bend, and it doesn't help the bars in Racine. And actually, I got a couple texts. People were saying, well, wait a second. What about... You know, what about all the bars that there are in West Bend and all the bars that there are in Kenosha and all the bars that there are in Racine who, you know, are having brewers watch parties that have all the TVs that are out there and things like that. I mean, they're benefiting from baseball. And I think that that's, you know, that's a valid point as well. Now, I have argued for the longest time that if you have the opportunity to come out and to watch a game, you watch the game in person. There, there's no question about it. There's nothing at all like being at the stadium. Now, I understand you, you give up a couple things. You're not going to see the replays as a general rule. You're going to be paying, you know, eight or nine or ten or eleven or twelve dollars for a beer. Maybe you got to wait in line outside the restroom. Doesn't matter, but it's still fun to be there in person. But I understand the bottom line is that there's not a lot of people who can always get to the games. There's a limited number of tickets that you have, all that sort of stuff. So uh, you you can't always be at the game. And if you can't always be at the game, one of the things that people like to do is they like to watch the games together. We had this watch party um, down at Turner Hall yesterday. I, of course, wasn't there because I was at the game. But I'm told that we had hundreds and hundreds of people. Essentially, it was kind of packed, and people stayed for – well, almost the int- for the for the whole game. Apparently, some people left a little bit after uh, the ninth inning, but there were hundreds and hundreds of people who who showed up because it was fun. You wanted to watch the play- You wanted to watch the ball game with other friends. So I thought for Pop Culture Corner this week we'd we'd have a little bit of fun. If you can't get out to the game, what's the best place, public place, to watch a ball game? What's your favorite? I guess what I'm really asking is what's your favorite sports bar? What's the best place to go? Now, I say sports bar. Maybe it's not a sports bar. Maybe it's just a corner tap. But if you're not going to be able to get to the ball game, What's the best place to go watch it? Is it a restaurant? Is it a bar? And I know for some people it's it's their man caves or their she sheds or whatever. I'm not talking about that, though. I'm talking about the best sports bar around to watch the game at, whether it's the Brewers game or the Packers or the Bucks. 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's have some fun with Pop Culture Corner this week. If you can't make it to the game, what's the best alternative place, the best sports bar in the region, and why is it the best sports bar? What makes it so special? way it works, uh, typically, I always encourage people to call in quickly because our phone lines tend to jam up. I want to try to get to as many calls as we possibly can. So, um, also, go with, your, go with your first instinct. Sometimes people tend to overthink this. Best sports bar, best place to watch a ball game if you can't be at Lambeau Field or at Miller Park. All right, we're back with your calls in just a moment. Let me take a quick break. Crew is back at the studio lining them up. I'm here at the 620 WTMJ mobile studio outside of Miller Park. This is Jeff Wagner. It's 141. You're listening to WTMJ. 145 Jeff Wagner WTMJ broadcasting live from Miller Park game two between the Brewers and the Rockies scheduled the first pitch in about an hour and 15 minutes or so I'm with you for just a few more minutes it's pop culture corner today we're talking about the best play the best sports bar best place to go to watch a ball game if you're not going to be able to be here or you're not going to be able to be at home 414-799-1620 Tom and Racine Tom you're on WTMJ good afternoon Hi, how's it going? Good. As a matter of fact, uh, well, where's your favorite place to see it in Racine? Uh,
3: Bucket's Pub. It's great. Buckets. They got 47 TVs. They have an indoor smoking lounge, which is nice for some people. Uh, we got a patio there. And it, it's great because there's a great atmosphere. It's very family friendly and great wings of food.
0: Well see that part of the thing is you talk about the, the atmosphere that that 's kind of what makes it where you 've got you know everybody that's that 's cheering along and everybody that 's friendly and it 's a fun sort of environment because there 's a lot of places where you can go and you can get you know two dollar beers or three dollar beers or whatever. but when, when you find that place that 's got that sort of special vibe to it, you want to keep it
3: oh yes, definitely, and it's it, uh, actually the owner is a cubs fan. So there's kind of a rivalry going on there, but uh, it, it's uh his his wife is also a Brewers fan, so both owners are split on that one. So it's there you go. There, there's always a lot of Cubs fans, even some Detroit fans. Like we got a lot of people coming in.
0: There you go. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it, Tom. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. Lee in Sussex. Lee, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Hey, hey. Hi, Lee. How
1: are you doing, Jeff?
0: I am well, thank you. Okay, your favorite sports bar, place to go to watch a game if you can't be at Miller Park?
1: Tailgaters and Suffolk.
0: Okay, <laughs> tell me why.
1: Um, just the people there, the bartenders, it's just an mm-hmm. awesome place.
2: All uh, right. What I, I'd, I'd might... like to hit
1: on is, you know what the final cost was for Miller Park to get built?
0: Um, well, it's moving on, but I've got to let you go because I, I don't want to go back. I've got a jam phone lines. I want to try to get to as many calls on, on this as I can. Uh, yes, I do. Well, the final cost is still increasing because they're, they're, they're looking for what the payoff is. 414-799-1620. Karen in Brookfield. Karen, you're on WTMJ. Hello.
3: Hi. Good afternoon.
0: My good afternoon.
3: Favorite sport, my favorite sports bar is CJ's Sports Bar, ninth in Ohio in Milwaukee.
0: Okay. What makes it so good?
3: It's a, it's a small corner family bar, uh, friendly people, nice bartender. It's kind of like a, a mini cheers. Everybody knows everybody, and if you don't know anybody, they'll know you in two minutes.
0: See, that's, and those are the kind of places I I love. Now, I I love going into some of the big places where you've got the, the, you know, 50 different TV screens and stuff like that. But there's really something to be said about going to some of these small, family run places where maybe there's three or four TVs, but you're right, it's like Cheers. Everybody knows your name. Right. Sounds like fun. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Karen, 414-799-1620. Let's talk to um, Chris in Brookfield. Chris, you're on WTMJ.
1: The two things the most important for me are the food and at the atmosphere. Camino on 2nd and Virginia.
0: Okay, 2nd oh, and Virginia, right down there. Okay, so you love the food, you love the atmosphere, and I assume lots of TVs that you can watch the games on?
1: They got voted Best Burger, the, bo- the actual, I not know, Cooking is right behind the bar, so you're getting all the smell of the burgers. The bar staff is amazing, so I would say Camino.
0: There you go. Thanks for the call. You know, it, it's interesting. There's a um, couple of guys I play golf with. Um, there's a, there's a couple places they go to. There is there is a there is a place in Cedarburg that I go to. Meet them every once in a while. Um, two pints during Packers games. Two dollar beers during Packers games. You know, the the owner puts out a spread at halftime of food. You just you just can't you can't top that. Jane in New Berlin. Jane, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Hi.
3: Okay, Hello.
0: your favorite place to go.
2: Sobelman's
0: in Waukesha. Okay, okay. I haven't, you know, I, I, have never been to that one. I've, I've been to the Sobelman's, of course, down, down here a lot on Saint Paul, the original one, but the one in Waukesha is good too, huh?
3: Excellent. And Bosco's in in Waukesha
2: also. They have uh, the spread at the halftime and pack at Packer games.
0: Yeah, that, which which is thanks for the call. Which which is nice. But you know, part of the fun thing is, you know, I, I, sometimes I, I I split because. I tend to pace from time to time, you know, and if you're at the during the Packer game or during a Brewers game, if you're getting frustrated, I know, for example, if I had not been at Miller Park yesterday and not been like at a sports bar, I, I know I would have been wearing out. You know the carpet in in my den, walking back and forth, especially as the game got tight in the ninth inning and stuff. But but you know it's fun to share that communally. Troy in Wauwatosa, Troy, you're on WTMJ. Hello.
1: Hey, how are you doing this afternoon? Hey, the I place well. I go to see games at is Brewskies, and the biggest reason I go there is because I'm a Cubs and Bears fan, and they show the games. <laughs> and even though we get it, we get it going on. We have a good
2: time, and the banter is always good. The wings are good. The burgers are good with the fried egg, everything. Brewskies is the best place to go watch a game at.
0: Well, thanks for the call, Troy. As a matter of fact, Brewskies is one of the places that runs a shuttle to Miller Park. I've been watching them for the last two days. Drop off uh, some of your fellow patrons here at the game. Lisa in Milwaukee. Lisa, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon.
2: Hey there, uh, Hi, Lisa. Coach's Pub and Grow on 13th and Grange in Milwaukee. Uh, okay, awesome
0: what makes it just, so special?
2: Uh, just awesome food and, you know, great atmosphere. They have a little, you know, the same banter that goes back and forth. Uh, great fish fries. Today will be great for a Friday
3: fish fry while we're watching the game. And a little little bit of, uh, you know, fun pools that go along and, and people that like to <laughs> celebrate together.
0: Well, yes. You know, for, if, if any authorities are listing, uh, are listing, you know th- those different pools, it, they, they are purely for entertainment. No money changing hands or anything like that, right?
2: Absolutely. Who's buying another
0: <laughs> drink? Right. Ex- exactly. Now, thanks for call. So not, nothing illegal. Don't need to worry about any of that. But just a little bit of fun. Todd in Oconomowoc. Todd, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon.
2: Good afternoon, Jeff. Great show.
3: Um, Thank you, sir. Uh, the Cornerstone Pub and Eatery in downtown Oconomowoc. Uh, family that... run by
2: by two brothers. Great food, great specials, all around great atmosphere.
0: It 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 is. Now, thanks for the call, Todd. You're exactly right. I I that's that's a place that I have been to, and again, it's just it's one that's just a lot of fun. Uh, no question about it. All right, tell you what. Um, so there's a lot of great places that are out there, and and this is. and it kind of ties into what we were talking about in the last half hour of of the program, my guess is there's going to be bars, there's going to be restaurants that are going to be absolutely packed this afternoon with people maybe playing hooky a little bit, coming out and, and watching the brewers as they hopefully beat the Colorado Rockies for the second time in a row. If we did not have Miller Park and we did not have baseball, what would we be doing on Friday afternoon? Well, we'd, we'd all be stuck at work. And who wants to be stuck at work? All right, it's 153. When we come back, hopefully we'll be able to hand this over to uh, Greg Matzik, because he's going to take you up to our Brewers pregame coverage. It has been a stone-cold blast. I'm broadcasting from the 620 WTMJ mobile studio outside of Miller Park, 153. Jeff Wagner, WTMJ.